How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this episode of the 2020s Enterprise, and today's episode is going to be on application portfolio rationalization and optimization. Uh, say that quickly at the uh, the next uh, adult beverage location that you're at. <laughs> uh, not really that complicated. Uh, what this has to do with is basically, uh, for, for those of you that are in large organizations, small organizations, uh, you have a portfolio of things that have been mechanized, computerized, uh, computer programs, whether they're on a, or whether they're in the cloud or whether they're internal or whether they've been built by outside people and things like that. And most organizations have been mechanizing things for anywhere between, well, let's get on the outside, 40 years, max 50 years uh, at the outside. And the question is, has anyone in your organization taken a look at that and, as I use the phrase, tried to optimize it or rationalize it. And the reason for this is that things, from what we can tell in our consulting practice, people just keep building on to things that are out there. And eventually, you, you have a nightmare on your hands for a number of reasons. One is cost. Uh, most organizations are seeing a significant portion of their technology budget not looking at the future state of things, but at the, as the previous state or the as-is state. And so this concept is really to just sit back for a moment while all the other things are going on and trying to figure out what you have and is there a way to rationalize it. And the numbers are staggering. Uh, one uh, Fortune 10 organization that we worked with was able to, through this rationalization process, Remove, you ready for this? A billion, billion with a B dollars worth of technology costs. Obviously, it was a large organization, it's a Fortune 10 company, and not lose one iota of functionality. The investment was less than a million dollars to get that billion dollars back that's out there. That's a heck of a great investment that's out there. And I don't know what your numbers are. But those ratios are what we, we tend to see. And that's because we're sitting back, as I said, for a moment and looking at what we have and trying to figure out how to optimize it or rationalize it. Now, let's look at those two words, optimization. That's one of my favorite words when it comes to this. If we look at a piece of functionality, and let's say your organization uh, does uh, credit card acceptance, and so you possibly have an application of some kind, to check credit. Now, let's say that you're hiring people in your organization and you'd want to make sure that they're financially in good shape in your organization, so you want to do a credit check on them. And you have a new supplier in the organization that you're trying to bring in and you want to do a credit check on them. It's the same process or the same function, whatever you're comfortable with, and yet in your organization it's probably across a multiple set of applications, you know, that are, that are out there. Or how about 
sending notices out to people. So you send a, a bill out to an organization. You may have an application that's doing that. So send a bill is a process, um, you know, that's out there. So send communication is is a more uh, generic term that's there. You may send brochures. You may send advertising. You may send bills. Uh, you may send specials. You may send whatever. And you probably have that process mechanized or computerized in numerous organizations. So optimization is what we're talking about there. Optimally, you have one process mechanized in one application or system in your organization, if you can think about it like that. That's the optimal. I mean, it makes sense. Anything more than that is causing you cost or, if you look at the physics phrase, entropy, waste that's out there. Now, a lot of organizations are moving to the cloud. Wouldn't it make, make, make sense, as I said in my introduction uh, on our website, before you go and move things to the cloud, why don't you clean out the basement and the attic, so to speak? Before you move things, why don't you figure out what the optimization is before we move the junk <laughs> to another location? It doesn't make any sense to, to move it until you clear it out. Now, what is rationalization? How about that word? in the application portfolio world. The rationalization is there needs to be one master thing for each process that is identified. In other words, this process is mechanized this way. This process name, whatever you want to have it as a name, is mechanized in this application and it is the boss. Anybody that wants to do processing is going to use that as the master that's out there. So that's the rationalization. Now it may be replicated. I didn't say redundant, replicated other areas, but you rationalize it to say, this is the way us as a business are going to look at it manually and mechanically through a computer system. Now, same thing for data. You have one version of the truth, as I love to say, wouldn't that be great? So this particular application or system or database, whatever you're talking about, is the master and everything else has a replication off of that. So that's rationalization and optimization. Both are really, really strong things, you know, that can be done uh, in an organization. And this becomes the foundation for future optimized growth. Now you have to watch it all the time because things get messy. Uh, people, you know, tend to tend to be a little sloppy, uh, just, just human nature, you know, that's out there. It takes a little bit of discipline, but those numbers that I just mentioned to you a little while ago are real and it's a waste. It's a waste. It's a very small investment for a massive return, especially for organizations that have been around for a few decades, because I'm going to guess that most of you that are listening to this program haven't looked at it very much. In, in other words, you're always looking at new things. The question is, what about the existing portfolio that's out there? And when we talk about these things, there's some field-proven approaches to answering these challenges. And there's a process, a methodology, whatever you like to call it, that we've used numerous times with organizations to do this. And it really involves just a few steps that are 
relatively easy to describe, and I'm not suggesting that in your organization you can do this in an hour, don't get me wrong, but there's not much complication when you come down to the fundamentals. And of course, that's what this program, the 2020s Enterprise, is all about, bringing some method to the madness that you see out there. Doesn't involve a whole bunch of new technologies or things like that. Just a couple of brain cells, <laughs> you know, that we need to uh, to look at it. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this particular uh, episode that's, uh, you know, that's there. And what some of the benefits, what are the, what are the other benefits that's there? A simplified infrastructure for your organization. Simple is good. Simple is good. Standardized. You have throughout your enterprise, some organizations uh, that we've had the privilege of work with, uh, work with have 27 operating units. Or some of you even have more than that. And when you go across these organizations, some of the things should look and be done the same way. It doesn't make any sense to do it any other way. And that's part of this rationalization process. And when it comes to computerization, that tends to be the gate that we go through. Very few processes nowadays, very few things in an organization compared to 20 years ago are done manually. So the gatekeeper to consistency is an application or a system or a process that's on a computer. Now, in order to do that, it has to be the same across all of the different business units that are there. We see now a movement to the cloud. We know that that's not going to be the last thing. Uh, we've been through, for some of you who have been listening to the 2020s enterprise program, you know that we talked about the olden days of timesharing, which we now call cloud computing. Well, we're going to have something else coming on uh, in the future, a new process, a new technique, a new uh, artificial intelligence, a virtual reality, quantum computing, QRST. You can put any of the letters that you want together, essentially, that's out there. So there's going to be next generation things coming up. And if we can have a baseline for addressing and managing change there, and that's what this is about, and simplify that, of course, the movement uh, to the next environment is going to be that much easier. Reduce spending. That's one of the big magnets that's out there. This is really a waste in an organization. There isn't any logic for having multiple things other than a bit, frankly, of sloppiness that's out there. Now, I'm not here to point fingers. That's, gonna, that's not going to do any good. But we should recognize that it is a waste to have something mechanized more than one time in your organization. Well, let's do something about it. And as I said, the spend on this is, is astronomical. In most organizations, it exceeds spend on new activities. Well, then look in your own organization at the opportunity uh, to do that. Faster introduction of new products. If you don't have this massive bulk of portfolio that's out there with all these cats and dogs everywhere else, I do like cats and dogs, by the way, but that's what we're looking at because you have to essentially test, look at the modifications and things like that as you're going forward. If you can simplify the environment, uh, that's what we're looking at. Reduce risk. Hacking. Anybody hear that term? <laughs> Hacking. The more entry points you have in your organization for evildoers, the more evil can be done. So nowadays, that's another reason for this rationalization and optimization that's there. Reduce the vulnerability in your own organization. The less things that you have to watch, 
the cheaper it's going to be for you to maintain that environment and the less vulnerable you're going to be for essentially evil doing in your, in your, in your organization that's there. It's going to be easier to test things. You're going to have less things to test, which just makes a lot of sense. The word less is going to come up all the time when we're talking about this. Less, 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 less is what we're looking for. And that's why we refer to it as rationalization and optimization and greater efficiencies. Not only in the technology organization, but also the business. Just think about a process that is mechanized one and only one time in your organization, and an individual, a human being, is using that as that individual moves in your organization from location to location or department, department or division, division. They don't have to learn how to n- learn something new. Efficiencies, effectiveness, interchangeability between skill sets, all of these things, not only in the technology organization, but in the business itself are going to uh, uh, benefit. Now, why is this coming up nowadays? Well, again, most of you uh, in organizations that have been around for a while have probably been mechanizing things for 40 or so years. And so there's an aging technology base. And the other reason to do this is because of that, aging technologies. We see software vendors um, coming to end-of-life situations in a lot of software. Uh, we have a, a number, a, a couple of clients that we're working with right now um, that are spending a lot of money because they've had to uh, ask vendors to keep support going on these products that underlie their products on a month-to-month basis. And the costs are astronomical. Now, whether it's an old version of an operating system, an old version of an application um, that the vendor no longer supports, these are the things that will cost you money. And the numbers are just going to keep going up. And so there's a, there's a benefit for reducing those types of portfolios there as the technology platforms and application platforms age. It just makes sense. Most organizations are still fighting maintenance budget increases that are out there. Why? Take a look at it. Take a look at the reasoning for this. And if you underline it, it has to do with there's more and more out there, but what's the difference in the functionality that's out there? How much more functionality is there, and how much can we actually gain by this? What about security? Coming back to the hacking situation. The less you have, the easier it's going to be to secure the environment. And one of the ways to reduce those vulnerabilities is to reduce the redundancy entropy in the organization, whether it's because there's duplication or whether there's a lack of looking at it and saying, what's the holistic view in our organization that's out there? Escalating costs of technology. I have seen articles recently that are called cloud computing sticker shock. (laughs) The myth was, boy, if we throw this out there and get rid of our data centers, the world will be great and our costs are going to go down. Yet we're seeing something different. A lot of organizations are recognizing, no, there is no magic because we still have that same portfolio just hosted somewhere else. 
So there's another reason for it. And we also suggest that most organizations' technology budget, budgets are being constrained, or at least they're not growing as much as people would like them to. And so how do we optimize it? How do we get more with less? And that's, of course, a phrase that we hear all the time. Well, one of the ways to do this is to look at what's out there today and get a handle on it. And whether you call it it's a baseline for addressing and managing change or the beginning of that optimization, I'm not suggesting we don't look at the future, of course, with new applications, new systems, new functionality. But let's take a look inside for just a moment and clean things out. It's that spring cleaning. And uh, whatever analogy you like, you're moving to a new home, you're moving to a new building, it's springtime, <laughs> whatever, uh, time to take a look at these things. And there is a rational, logical approach to be able to, uh, uh, to do this. And we're going to be discussing um, in just a few minutes the suggestion of an outline of the steps you need to be able to, uh, to do this. But there are a bunch of challenges. There are, there are a bunch of challenges. And just some of those challenges are, where do you start? <laughs> it's sort of like, whoa, what do we do? Do we start with high uh, usage things in our organization? Or do we take a cautious approach and say, well, let's start with something that is less, quote, important, unquote, because we want to sort of get a handle on how do we able to do this and how do you move from the as-is environment that we're in to the desired state environment that we need? And that'll involve a couple of different strategies that we're going to be discussing a little bit, uh, a little bit later on, you know, as we, we look at it. But the whole point here is to provide a future state baseline to be able to move forward. We're also going to look at it and say, well, how are we doing right now? In other words, one of the criteria we may use to where, where we want to optimize our portfolio is where do we think things are going pretty well? And what's the reason that's out there? Is it reliability? Is it availability? Is it scalability? Is it performance? So these are some, these are some of the things we're going to be discussing in just a few minutes. So we're going to take a short break. Uh, you're listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holson. We're talking about application portfolio rationalization and optimization. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes. Is your organization in the Internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. 
Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Application Portfolio Rationalization and Optimization. Trying to reduce the costs of your computer environment, your technology environment in your organization as you're moving forward. Taking a look at things that are out there today to optimize that as you're moving forward. Trying to get some of that money back. Techniques, processes, methods, tools, all of these things that are out there, applications, software, hardware, Yes, people every once in a while, taking as much of the entropy waste out of the organization. We're taking a look at this. That's what we're doing in this particular episode. Not looking at things in the future necessarily about functionality, but getting some of this rationalized. So as we move to the new environment, it's going to be a little bit uh, easier in, in the future. Kind of a brass tacks blocking and tackling football analogy since we're in the football season sort of that we're talking about. Not very glamorous, but massively, massively important. And the numbers that can come out of this effort are sometimes kind of startling. Uh, that's there. Taking a look at what you're using now. So coming back to the activities that are there, what are we trying to do? We've got a series of, of mechanizations. I use that term to cover all of the various technologies, whether it's hardware, software, or networks, or things like that. You got a bunch of stuff out there that is mechanizing the activities that your business is doing. And that's what we're going to take a look at. And we're going to try to bring some rationalization to that. So the first thing we need to do is to find it all. <laughs> uh, find it all. So wh where are you going to start? Where are you going to start? Well, you can do some inventorying that's out there, looking and counting things that, that are there. But I'm going to give you a but. That's a good idea. But what are you going to map that to? Just getting a list is, of, of things out there isn't going to do very much. Now, when you and I or some of you began working in technology, we used to be called data processing. What were we doing? We were processing data. And a number of years ago, a lot of organizations 
in technology changed their name to information technology or technology applications. And now we, we hear about the not the chief information officer, but chief innovation officer. Or we don't hear about that. We hear about the CDO, the chief digital officer, or all these other phrases or names that are out there. But if we take a deep breath for a moment and look at what we're doing, and I don't mean to be nasty here at all. I never want to do that. What are we doing? We're processing data. We're still processing data. You may call it something different. So here's a radical thought. Why don't we map what's out there against some baseline of processes and data to sort of see what we have? So in order to do that, what we actually did a number of years ago when we started looking at this, and it's been some quite some time since we've been, we've been looking at this, we said, well, what's a, a good map to start with? Well, how about the processes that a business does? Notice what I just said, the processes that a business does. And so we put together a model of approximately 2,000 processes that an organization probably does. Now, some people say, wow, that's huge. And some other people say, oh, that's not even close to what we do. This is just a gauge, a, bench, a, a baseline to get started. So one of the things I mentioned before our, our break was, how do you get started? Well, one of the ways to do this is to say, okay, I have thing one, application one, or system one that's out there. Let's see what's inside of it. Let's see what's inside of it. Somebody's going to say, well, it, it has a name. It's the XYZ system. Well, that doesn't tell us anything. A name model is just that. It's woefully inadequate to figure out what's going on. We've got to find out inside what's happening. And one of the things that's in that system or application is processes. You know what else is in there? Data. Wait a minute. Didn't I hear that somewhere before? Yes, there's data and process that's out there. So we're going to start by saying, let's take a look at each thing that we have mechanized and do some mapping against a process model, a model of processes and our clients use ours a lot. What would be a better one, by the way? Your own process model, part of your enterprise architecture. But let's say you don't have that and you want to get started because there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. And that's why we provide this to our clients as, as a baseline for getting started. Now, I'd love to augment that, or you should augment that with your own, as I love to call it, your own DNA. In other words, what makes your organization different. So we have a generic process model that has, again, about 2,000 elements, and we can add to it. But again, we want to get started. What's the objective here? Let's get started. If we don't get started Monday morning, we're never going to get done. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to uh, 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 look at that as, as we work through there. To me, that's kind of rational. Now, people say, well, what about data? You said there's data processing. Well, let's slow down for just a moment. Let's take a rational approach to this one element at a time. Somebody else may say, you know, let's start with a department. I say, fantastic. And what are you going to get there? Same thing. What are we going to map against? So that's why I keep talking about mapping against something. You need a baseline to map into 
to sort of sort of start doing your collection. Um, you know that's uh, you know that's out there. I also want to suggest that we want to call this a project. It's it's a process, but it's a project because I want to iterate. There's a beginning and a middle and an end. The cycles we like to use is six to eight elapsed weeks. Let's see how we're doing. Are we getting the benefits of, of what's going on? Maybe we need a different model to map against. Maybe we should be looking at data at the same time. A little bit more complicated. There's a lot of maybes. But we've done this a number of times, and perhaps we're going to suggest to you the most optimal way to, to do this from our approaches you know, in the field actually doing this. And we want to train a bunch of people to do this. It's great to have some allies here. Now, our business partners can help us, but perhaps our systems developers also, as they're looking at it, they may know these uh, applications pretty well. Now, some of you may say, well, I've got package software. Um, what am I going to do there? Well, why don't you talk to your package provider? You may be surprised. We weren't surprised. We went to some of the largest software vendors in the world when we were doing this for some clients. And we said, we're working with this particular client. They have your software. Here's what we want to do. And they were pretty cooperative. Now, by the way, why would they be cooperative? Well, you know what they were getting? They were getting a map, too, <laughs> of what their software does. Well, Sam, are you telling me that that vendors don't have this? I didn't say that. <laughs> but perhaps it may need a little optimization and rationalization itself. Perhaps. So everybody's benefiting by getting this view of what is going on. So if you can imagine just a moment, just a very simple two-dimensional matrix that shows here's the processes off the model, you know, in our organization, the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence, EACOE, could be our model mapped against the systems or applications that are out there. And a very simple, I'm from the simple school, X says this particular process is in this particular application, uh, you know, that's out there. Just beginning somewhere and get a picture of what that is. And of course, if you have those two axes, and your processes are in the horizontal axes for just a moment, and you see more than one X across that horizontal line, it's a possible optimization opportunity. Very, very easy to see very quickly. What's the degree of things that you, you have out there? And so who's going to work with you on this? Well, it can be your own organization can be an outsider, it can be a hybrid, it could be engaging the business people in this too, because at the same time, why would the business people want to do this? Well, for their own edification, their own simplification. They're the business. They're writing checks to the technology department. It's one lump of money. Well, no, there's allocation. It's the same money. It's in your enterprise. If we collectively can save money or rationalize things, there's benefits everywhere. It's not just for the technology organization, uh, you know, that's out there. Now, when you're going at this, 
The other thing people start looking at is what we call application health check. Now, this is something that you may want to look at. And what do I mean? How healthy is that application? And we have a series of criteria to measure that. There's quality measures, technical support measures, the flexibility or agility. We can start doing some measurements that are out there. The business satisfaction with that. And we can start building a series of metrics. The scalability of that particular application that's out there. The number of uh, people that are actually engaged with that application are using it and the degree that they're using it in their own organizations that's out there. Application owners or application custodians, in other words, who has sort of like the keys to this particular application to maintain control as things are changing. You can look at, from a technology perspective, going deeper uh, what programming language are used? Again, these are all health check things. Not for rationalization or optimization, but once again, getting a complete inventory out there. Now, why should I care from a technology standpoint about the programming language? Well, just to get a little bit technical for a moment, if I'm using a specific language, um, if I can talk of the olden days, COBOL or Nowadays, Python and has a certain version number on it. Maybe that version is no longer going to be supported. So if we sort of have an indicator up front that we, we have an understanding that that's the backbone of what we're using, when we, get an under, when we get a message or a notification from our partners or suppliers or vendors, we know what actions we may want to take or need to take way ahead of time that's out there. And we can look underneath. Please remember, again, there's always two components. That's why it's called data processing. We have the processing support and we have the data support. Now, on the data side, we have a lot of management systems going on there, database management systems. Same type of thing we want to look at. What is it? What age is it? What's the support that's going on out there? So we have a number of things that we call essentially the attributes of the application that we may want to collect at the same time. And there's a number of other things that we can think about. Uh, for example, privacy. Uh, is there credit card information, privacy information? We know these things are going on with, um, uh, with all of the different uh, countries that are getting involved in personal identifiable information and things like that. So as we're starting to do the optimization and rationalization, a little bit of a horizontal sidestep here in what we refer to as application attributes, we can start collecting those things to get us a baseline for understanding what's out there. What a tremendous number of things that we can do. Now, of course, once we have that, we hope... <laughs> that we start looking at a little bit of discipline as we're adding two things to this to make sure that we are now continuing that environment, looking at those attributes in new things that are going on out there. 
So as we're starting to collect information, and I just started off with suggesting, why don't we do just a quick little uh, beginning in a cycle of six to eight weeks and just looking at the processes in an application mapped against the EACOE process model to sort of see what the redundancies or opportunities are that's out there. And at the same time we're doing that, we may want to start digging in a little bit into each one of these assets that we have to find out about the internal workings that we have. Um, And as things age, just like in the physical world, if we can get a handle on those things, we can make sure that we have some preventive maintenance or understand that this thing is aging nicely in place, but there is an, quote, end of life, unquote, coming up at a certain you know, period of time uh, that's out there. For various reasons, vendors, applications, systems, security, functionality, et cetera, et cetera. So we're trying to present what I consider to be sort of a rational approach to get there. I want to emphasize the end game here is an optimization or rationalization that could, in a lot of organizations, end up putting a lot of money back into the organization so that we can move from a maintenance environment to a new development and functionality environment that's very, very powerful and possibly quite a bit of money can be saved when we actually look at that. So this is the beginning of this uh, movement in this direction. And the reason I like the time box things is to show results relatively quickly. So we're going to take a short break here again. And when we come back, we're going to outline the process that we suggest you use in this optimization activity. You're listening to Sam Holzman. This is the 2020s Enterprise. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning 
and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. We're talking about application portfolio optimization and rationalization. Another phrase was for this is getting the entropy out of your technology environment, bringing some rationalization, as I say in the title of this episode that's there. And way, the way we're going to do this is to sort of take a look at everything that is in the organization that is used to take manual process and the phrase I love to use is mechanize them, computerize them, if, if that's a phrase that's there. And we're going to take a look at this to see if there is redundancy or duplications that have built up naturally over the years. Nobody does this on purpose. But as I love to suggest, when we're moving from one house to the other, we start looking in the attic and the basement and say, wow, I've got 17 spatulas that I've collected over the years. Maybe I don't need 17 of them. How about two, three, four, whatever the number is uh, that's out there. Or look at this uh, salt shaker here that, uh, hmm, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, doesn't have a top. <laughs> Maybe we should get rid of that that's out there. So it's rationalization, not finger pointing to say, how did we get to this situation? But how do we move forward? So we call it application portfolio rationalization. And in this last segment, I just want to give you an outline of the eight steps that we suggest that you go through to do this. It's not that complicated, but it does take a little bit of methodology process to move through this. And I want to stress again the benefits, as I mentioned in our first segment in this particular episode, in one of the Fortune 10 companies we worked with, was over a billion, with a B, dollars of real savings. Not cost avoidance or all these other phrases and equations, real dollars that were out there. Now, again, this is not finger pointing to say, how come you've, you know, we got to this point? You can always do that. The key thing is something was done about it and the simplification that occurs after that and moving forward. So we begin our eight-step eight journey with a little bit of education, rationalization. Why, why, why are we doing this? And basically, it's to simplify the environment that's out there and to bring as much optimization and rationalization out there. Business people like it because it simplifies their environment. There's one way to do one process through this one system, for example. Technology people like it because it simplifies the portfolio that's out there. Everybody's pretty busy right, right now. And so we bring essentially some understanding of the logic behind of what we're doing there. And we'd like to educate everyone in how to do it, because everyone can participate. 
This is not something that needs to be done by just a technologist or just a third party if you're going to look at the you know, consulting group or the technology folks. Everyone can be involved because they're using it. They can help out. And it's not technological magic that a lot makes this happen. It's really some uh, a lot of manual effort, frankly, on, on how this is happening. And then we want to decide what are we going to actually collect. So if we want to call it an inventory, what are we going to put in the inventory? And we have a, a number of different spreadsheets that we use and different checklists that people can use and pick from, from the experiences that we've had. So what are the attributes and things like that that you may want to collect uh, to make this happen? You can start off very simply, as I mentioned in the previous uh, segment of, of this particular program. Let's start with just processes. Let's just start with the processes that are in each one of these applications. Or we can go for a full health check with lots and lots of things uh, that we can put out there, which will eventually be the game that we're, uh, we're looking at. And then we want to build this baseline. Uh, let me use the word process mapping or process model. And within this, I want to stress that when you're looking at something like this and somebody says a process model, it's not a process name model. Now, what do I mean by that? If a process that your organization does, for example, is check credit or hire staff members, those are not processes. Those are process names. It's like having a book that only has a table of contents and there's no content in it. And this will lead us to bazillions of different interpretations. So when we talk a process model that we start out with with our clients, it has, of course, a name, and that's like a table of contents and index, and then a very specific templated definition to say this is what this phrase means. This is what it means. So we have a baseline that is consistent. Let me stress again, a name model is woefully inadequate. It's again like looking at a table of contents in a book, and when you go to look for the detail, you see nothing. So be very careful when you're going out there and doing this. Don't waste a lot of time by this cosmetic approach, because you're really going to waste a lot of time that's out there. This has to be pretty precise. And so, as I said, to get people started, uh, we have a a full process model of about 2,000 elements that we've developed that we use as a baseline with our clients to get things started. And of course, we augment that by the differences and the specific processes a specific business is doing. The end objective, as I love to say, is making sure we captured your DNA. The 3% that makes you different or whatever the number is and we'll give you the 97% head start or whatever number you'd like to use uh, to be able to, uh, uh, to look at that. Then we're going to go out and start doing this. And we'll have a very simple tool to put this in. And we use as our base tool, uh, I'm not here to sell Microsoft Excel, but we use that as a base tool. And we have a series of algorithms underneath that 
to sort of guide people as they're working through there. And the reason we use these is because we're talking about human consumability. We're not talking about steeping, uh, putting all sorts of steep learning curves on people. Remember, the objective here is getting the understanding of the applications or systems, not a razzle-dazzle technology out there with the latest biz, biz, business technology uh, activity out there that'll, you know, solve some various global activities. This is blocking and tackling once again, getting down to the fundamentals. So, in order to do that. We want to make the activity, the learning curve, once again, as, as short as possible, as close to zero as possible. So we use a common tool with a few pieces of, of code that we put underneath there to guide people through the process that's out there. But most of you, most of us, if I can use that phrase, are quite familiar with Excel. And so we're trying to use that environment to make the collection process uh, as uh, as easy as as possible, and we'll do this in an iterative manner. Let's say you do get your business people involved. You say, "Hey, you're using the XYZ system. Let's take a look at this collectively in a little working session, an hour, not six months, an hour, and let's sort of see what's going on here." So, as you're doing this application, as you're as you're working on this application in your day in day out business activities, perhaps you can sort of look over to the side here. And start putting some of these things in here as we're, as we're uh, moving forward. Now, of course, you can launch a formal project that'll make this go a little bit quicker. On the other hand, one of the benefits is that engagement with your business partners that's out there. Again, look at the benefit they're going to be getting. They're going to be getting some real understanding as the functionality that may, they may or may not know about. It's going to help everybody as we uh, uh, start um, uh, looking at that. And of course, we're looking for consistency. And so there has to be just a little bit of oversight. And we like to suggest that's one of the responsibilities of the business or enterprise architects in your organization to bring some consistency to these things. So as you move through this, when somebody talks about a mapping of a process that has a name and a definition, and you look at a piece of mechanized system, a system, a mechanization of that, is that consistent? Of course, we're looking for that. And that may need a little bit of oversight. Not beating over the head <laughs> oversight, but to make sure people understand how that's going on there. And it made a, little, a few iterations to get people comfortable with that. So you do have a managed process that has a review set of activities, you know, that are going on. And so what you're going to be doing is a mapping of the technology or application or system as a beginning point to a process, and you could use our processes or your own. So that's the first map that you're going to get there. Now, once you have that map, that's the beginning point. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to simplify or you're going to just identify here's what we have out there remember the concept of rationalization and optimization are we going to call one master are we going to call this the as is state and we're going to sort of freeze this and as we move forward we'll take that functionality into a new environment but how are we going to get the benefits now one of the big benefits of this 
is just getting an understanding of your, quote, as this state that's out there. But there's a lot more that we can do. So how are we going to go into the new environment? Something's going to be sunsetted. Or are you going to say, you know what? This particular functionality is across these three applications that our enterprise is using right now. Two of these three are not going to be modified anymore. They're going to be frozen. And this becomes the master for everyone to use. And we'll slowly, slowly bring a rationalization to our organization. So the enablement, the implementation of this may take some time. In other words, the retirement of these systems or the sunsetting of the systems may take some time as you move forward. And finally, there's going to be the retirement of that application to bring the optimized state into being. And then, of course, after that, hopefully the care and feeding of moving this forward. So let me just circle back here to the sort of eight steps that we suggest that we go through. The first one is a little bit of an education and orientation on why this is happening. An overused phrase, but it's very, very important, is what's in it for me? Why should I do this? What's the benefit that we're looking at? Then we want to decide what we're going to actually collect. What are we going to actually look at? Are we going to look at a full inventory? Or we're going to take one component, the processes, and go forward and see what we can get out of that. There is no right answer. Both of them can provide benefits, of course. Then we're going to look at what are we going to map against? Are we going to use the EACOE model? Or are we going to build out our own process model that's closer to our own DNA? It's not an either-or, but it's a thought process we have to, to look at. Obviously, there's very strong benefits if we have our own model rather than a generic model that's out there. Then we're going to start doing some of this inventorying and rationalization, sort of like a test case, a few to see what's going on, to see some of the benefits what's going on. And hopefully, that's going to build some excitement to continue on, even though it sounds like a little mundane <laughs> Activity, there's huge benefits that we can get out of there. Go through some actual development of that. Determine this mapping and give people an idea what it looks like. Figure out, are we going to retire or are we going to cause this to be the baseline for addressing and managing future change? And we call that application, portfolio, rationalization, and optimization. Of course, we'd love to assist you if you need any assistance looking at this. This is Sam Holzman. I can be reached at Sam at EACOE. Thank you for listening. Application, portfolio, rationalization, and optimization, a strategy that you can begin Monday morning. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020s Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holzman, again for another edition of our program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then. 